What is up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast where we talk about movies like it's our PhD and a fat kid that loves his candy. <laughs> Back on the show is the talented dancer and entrepreneur, JC. Yo, what is up, everyone? Welcome back. Where have you been this whole time? I have just been working and dancing and trying to, you know, make ends meet. You know, it's a busy time for everyone. So is that bad? Trying to make ends meet? <laughs> I think I just say that as a <laughs> as a way to to make it sound nice. You know, we're all working hard, so you know, make ends meet and then have some some leftover to have fun with. Let's put it that way. Nice. <laughs> Sounds great. Right. Morbid. so dramatic <laughs> so so dramatic <laughs> but you you have been working hard i've been seeing all your story posts yeah for your, lots of dancing lots of dancing lots of dancing yeah where's all the martial art videos man they're on a seamer of that that's on my other account i have multiple accounts because uh i remember someone said once you know like you should have uh one account for everything and i said or someone else said that, you know, you some people who subscribe to one thing of you may not like the other things, so you should separate them. But there's mm. so many ways to cut a cake. So, yeah. Someone's been paying attention in business school. <laughs> you must focus on one profession. Yeah. Yeah. That's not working out well for me then. <laughs> <laughs> true enough. True enough. And of course, my name is River Villy, and I am the resident host of Legit Cool Podcast, where we analyze, critique, recap, and review film. Today, we are reviewing and recapping the Disney Plus Star Wars anthology series, The Book of Boba Fett, Season 1, a.k.a. Mandalorian (laughs) 2.5. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm stating the obvious of what everybody's thinking. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, it's it's it's. I think it's for a good reason. I've actually heard some pretty good justifications around people saying that the like it's a good Boba Fett TV series, and there are uh, like I think Emergency Awesome tries to justify it being a still at the center and the heart of it is Boba Fett, but. As good as these explanations and these justifications can be, uh, I don't know, man. You you watch like when you watch episode six, oh, and five actually, five especially. That is not the center and the heart of Boba Fett. <laughs> but like we said, uh, actually, before we, we get into the meat of it, like, what was your your initial thoughts? Like looking back on it now in retrospect, your overall thought on the whole series. For season one, it's terrible. Se- it's yeah. terrible. Don't oh. watch it. No, I'm <laughs> I try to think about this today before we're getting into the cast, but uh, uh, it's a tough one. I'm I wrestle with this idea that I like it. Like, I, I want to say that I like it, but then a big part of me says that I shouldn't like it because objectively, it's not a very good series at all it's okay so so, you know we're obviously going to get into the details of this but the tricky thing is that there are those two gems episode five and six that makes the whole series better now i don't actually know if it makes the series better rather than it makes it a different type of series 
you can't tell me that this is a Boba Fett series when it straight up just turns into the Mandalorian with the tone, the color, the directing, the VFX. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the VFX is the same team. It probably is, but I think the aesthetics look so different from the Boba Fett series, and it's tricky. So I, it, it's almost like I remember say, saying this to you when we were watching the series together. That it feels like a cheap shot from mm. Star Wars, mm. from the Lucasfilm team. Mm. It feels like a cheap shot that you'd be like, oh, all right, we're just going to throw in a really dope episode that's directed by a dope director, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> Show us this killer ass, like, Mandalorian episode. And it's just, it's all fireworks for us fans, right? All yeah. fireworks. Yeah, yeah. And then we just completely forget that it's Boba Fett. <laughs> so. I don't know, man. I don't know. You, you do what you, I guess you make do with what you're given, mm. but I just, I'm okay with the series. You know, I'm just okay with it. Mm. What about you? What are your first impressions? Did you have an, is your answer a little bit different from the last time we spoke about it? Um, I had to think about when we were watching it, and the kind of dread that we felt each week, like, oh, it's another one of that episode of Book of Boba Fett. Struggle, uh, man. Struggle, struggle. Um, you know, and then looking back at the end of it, uh, and I think I shared that Twitter thread with you, and I, and I think it did make a lot of sense. And, it, of course, this is just one person's perspective, but it was just their uh, opinion on the series is that this is – Boba Fett, he's the center of all of these characters. That doesn't mean that the series is focused on him. But I feel my own input is that it's very interesting to see what they could have done with the character and to, versus what they actually did with the character. Uh, Boba has always been shown, at least in the, the original movies, as a badass bounty hunter who dies with a stupid into the Sarlacc pit. Uh, so it's very <laughs> short lived. Mm. And then if you go and delve into clone wars, you know, you see the origin, uh, his youth and stuff like that. And his, his interaction with the other bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. So what I think maybe people would have expected more of is a little bit more gunslinging, uh, a la Mandalorian and maybe some more, uh, depth of his character. And they, did do that. I just feel that it's very, I think it's strategic in the way that they set the timeline to be post return in the same time era or timeline as Mandalorian. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, I I think that was a smart idea because then they can tie to Mandalorian. Um, Some of the supporting characters, I think they could have fleshed out more, especially Fennec. Fennec barely got much, uh, uh, what's the word limelight whereas uh and you know chris Santon got brought in as well so whether they decide to do a spin-off series in the future or they do a second season or they give fennec her own show uh you know these are all these little seeds that we always talk about that star wars star wars does it's like give you a little bit and then we'll somehow tie it in later now coming into mandalorian season three i'm sure we're going to see uh boba and we're going to see fennec again at some point because it's just how they do it Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer the question, uh, it, I hated it. <laughs> it's, it's compared. It's very hard to compare book of Boba Fett. It, and of course people are going to compare it 
to Mandalorian because it's, ex- it's exactly well, almost the same team that pretty much got it together. But there are little snippets of uh, 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 deep cuts in there, or maybe not deep cuts, like homages to other st- uh, Star Wars. Uh, what's the word? Uh, highlights in there that were nice, but it. I don't feel like. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you nailed it. It's a cheap shot. That's probably the best way to describe it, given the team and budget that they probably have. Um, they could have done more. Now that being said, they've got other bigger. Oh, I shouldn't say other bigger series, but um, you know, you've got Obi Wan, which is a, a very big uh, highlight coming up for this year, and then you have yes. Ahsoka, and you have Cassian Andor, and I don't think anyone's expecting. Well, I don't know if anyone's expecting Cassian Andor to be great. Uh, and big in the, on that scale is something like Obi Wan or Ahsoka because those characters have been fleshed out over years. So, word, yeah. Anyhow, I'll shut up now. <laughs> word, word. No, those are some good points. They're valid points. So we're kind of on the same page here, right? We're both uh, sort of seeing eye to eye in um, the vast majority of the series as far as the impressions go. But um, we're going to go through and recap each chapter. That is chapter one through to seven. Um, so this is going to be pretty interesting. We're going to keep them relatively short, but we'll just go through the main things that happen in each chapter so it won't be too long. So released on 29th of December, 2021, right off the success of The Mandalorian Season 2, which introduced Boba Fett on the chapter 14, The Tragedy. Do you remember that episode? Mm. Yeah. This is when um, Grogu gets captured by uh, that's Moff right. Yeah, that's right. So it's a cool little episode. I wasn't expecting to see Boba Fett actually, because I, I haven't really been entrenched with the whole Star Wars community. So pretty sure everybody mm. was kind of theorizing, and there were leaks or whatever mm. about Boba Fett being in it. But mm. it was a good surprise for me. Um, he but, he was sorry. He just he was teased in the first episode because he's the guy. Uh, seeing right at the end, watching uh, Jinjarin. Okay, so I clearly don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a very small snippet towards the I think the end of the first episode, and this is oh, after okay. he's or maybe it's not the first, but he, after he battles Fennec, because uh, then it shows how he rescues Fennec. Um, so that's that. Yeah, people kind of allude like, oh, maybe that's Boba, but there was no actual evidence because he's wearing the black robe and no one knows who that is at the time. So, oh, yeah, and, and and we only find out in his series, the Book of Boba Fett, that the robe comes from the Sand People. Yeah, yeah. So, gotcha. Yeah, but I missed you that. see, you see that in the tragedy that he is wearing that black robe, and you're like, oh, it is him. So it does yeah. tie together. But you're right. Then you find the backstory out through the Tuscan uh, Tuscan Raiders. Can't I did think it was, I did think it was weird though. I was like, why is he wearing a black robe? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's uh, it's PC to say sand people anymore. <laughs> uh, the Book of Boba Fett Season 1 is a thrilling Star Wars adventure, finds legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shan navigating the galaxy's underworld when they return to the sands of Tatooine to stake their claim on the territory once ruled by Jabba the Hutt and his crime syndicate. So the Boba Fett had a budget of a hundred million dollars. Can you believe it? Hundred million dollars. That's okay. actually kind of insane to me. That's <laughs> it's the world of TV series these days, man. Yeah, a budget of a hundred million dollars, and uh, the guys that have come back to do this is, wow. of course, 
John Favreau, executive producer, Dave Filoni, the creator, and John Favreau is also given the creator credit. Starring Tim Weta Morrison coming back to reprise his role as Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen playing the character Fennec Shand, and we have Pedro Pascal playing the Mandalorian, who's guest star in episode five and six, and should have been seven. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the season runs for seven chapters and finished, uh, was it two weeks ago? Finished on February 9th. Yeah, so mm. two and a half, almost three weeks ago. Um, so each chapter, we've got chapter one, which is Stranger in a Strange Land. And each episode runs for a course of between 35 to 55 minutes. The longest mm. episode being, I believe, episode six. Chapter mm. 6. Episode mm. 6. I don't know what I want to call it. Chapter 6, mm. episode 6, same thing. Um, so let's start off with chapter 1. Stranger in a Strange Land. So and the whole episode is really about the flashbacks, right? How it starts off with a really cool beginning. This is actually my favorite part of the episode, which is him being the survivor of the, what do you call it? Silac Pit. The Silac Pit. What is the name of the monster? The, the monster is Silac, right? The Silac, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and the spelling of Silac is S A R L A C C. Yeah. I thought it was Silac as in like C Y L A. Oh, no, Sarlacc, <laughs> yeah. Sarlacc. Sarlacc. So we start off the series, well, we start off the episode with that cool flashback and we see how he gets out of it. And I, was it you that told me? Um, or maybe I read it somewhere or I watched it on YouTube that there is some poison liquid or something that the Sarlacc has that killed the stormtroopers inside the Sarlacc. Um, was it you that told me? And then he manages to dodge it because of his Beskar. I think, right? uh, well, those the, all of that stuff gets digested over time, like over years. I don't remember. I, I don't think I said that to you. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have heard it from Theory. You know, from okay. Star Wars theory. Yeah, big man Star Wars theory. He might have mm. said something about how the reason why he managed to survive that after so many years was because of the best car. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like because yeah. all the other things should have been digested by the Sarlacc pit over years. So, mm, mm. yeah. So that's a strong opening. And then the whole episode ends up just being a big flashback. We got the prisoner, or it's, it's kind of called like the prison of the Tuscan Raiders, which is Boba Fett himself. Then, then there's a part where he's trying to hold the court together, and then there's a trip to Mos Espa. So I think that the last part of the episode is less about flashbacks, but the vast majority of it is the flashbacks themselves. Mm. Um, what do you remember of it, and what did you like about it? Uh, it was it was interesting at the time because we didn't know what to expect, and you know it's the first episode, and I think a lot of people compared the first episode of Book of Boba Fett with the first episode of The Mandalorian because you had that big reveal of the first episode of The Mandalorian and that uh, Baby Yoda at the time was the, the biggest secret that no one wanted to leak. So for me, uh, I didn't expect it to be the same, but I definitely felt like I didn't know where this series or the tone of how the series is going to go. Is it just going to be another Western, a space Western or is it going to be something that 
is going to take a different tone. Like, is it going to talk about his character, like character development? Because we never really see this guy. He's always been behind a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so, or, and like the impact of him, uh, you know, seeing his father get killed and, and so forth. So, mm. yeah, uh, it was okay for me. Let's put it that way. It, it wasn't anything amazing. Um, but, you know, for the first episode, sometimes I give... Uh, some shows a few uh, episodes to kick off because they need to find their stride and their tone. So, yeah. What about you? Mm, uh, I was just kind of meh by the end of it. Okay. it. When it ended, the episode with that big-ass um, freaking <laughs> animatronic monster that comes out of the stand... Oh gosh, man! The animatronic sand is oh, animatronic sand. The animatronic monster. It just reminded me of how they used to do monster films back in the fifties or sixties, mm. where they look they look like miniatures, right? Yeah, um, dinosaurs and like like King Kong versus T Rex or whatever it is. Mm. It actually just looks like that. Um, I watched it recently, and I'm like, what were they thinking? How did they think this was okay? Mm. <laughs> like what is wrong with the eyes mm. <laughs> oh man very hard to watch very very hard to watch um i do appreciate the the attempt to build his character from scratch almost mm. the fact that he comes out of the sarlacc survives the sarlacc and the sarlacc pit mm. um it's sort of a second chance and sort of a new uh, like a newborn Boba Fett almost, you know, even right down to how he treats his costume as a Mandalorian. Mm. Well, can you call him a man? He's not a Mandalorian. Sorry. He's a, no, is he a Mandalorian? He's a, well, no, I feel like I'm going to get my Star Wars card taken away. From me. <laughs> because, because he's got the exact same armor as, as Mandalorian. But so he, yeah, but I don't think he's a clone, right? But, He's a they, clone, had, yeah. they did have this discussion at some point. Now I've forgotten it, but they have had this discussion where he goes, "I am a Mandalorian, even though I wasn't born on Mandalore." That's right. Yeah, he wasn't born on Mandalore because he's a clone. Yeah. So where's his father, Jango, from? Testing your knowledge. That's. Here. I'm going to get shot for this. I actually don't remember. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to say I don't know. Uh, We'll leave that for another time. We'll leave that yeah, for the lightning round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't pressure you too much, don't <laughs> worry. But, yeah, so um, I, I like the attempt to build a new sense of characterization. It's almost like resetting the character because what we know about the bounty hunter is just practically nothing. He's this mysterious guy with a cool helmet. And that's what I actually love about Boba Fett is that he's a mysterious mercenary guy mm. who comes in, comes in the show or comes into the movies every now and then with no real objective other than to kill somebody, mm. take someone down because he's a assassin. Mm. He's paid to do that. And there's just this kind of cool subculture within the Star Wars community that that runs after a character like Boba Fett because of his coolness. I mean, that's kind of the best way I like to describe it. Mm. So when um, when we get introduced to Boba Fett in this new series, there is an attempt to build a sense of characterization and mm. an origin story, let's say. Mm. Uh, and for our first episode, we'd, I don't get much from him as a character other than... Mm. He's okay. 
he's out of the pit. He's learning about um, the Tuscan Raiders just through some kind of sign language or whatever. <laughs> he's, you know, some kind of communication t- device. Uh, he's he's unsure on who they are, what their motives are, whether they're going to kill him, whether they're going to enslave him. I mean, they kind of do enslave him by putting him in chains, right? But then he proves his worth that he's willing to uh, maybe inadvertently protect them, but then it becomes a relationship that he builds with them. So I think the relationship aspect between him and the Tuscan Raiders is really cool. I just don't think they do much with it. They don't give us a lot to go, oh, this relationship is so believable. or this. Re- Actually, no, I shouldn't say it's so believable. That's probably not the right word. But I should say that this relationship doesn't have a lot of uh, depth to a point that I should care about the relationship, mm. you know? So at the time that he loses the Tuscan Raiders or when he gets knowledge of the Tuscan Raiders, sorry, he, he comes across the, Tus- the Tuscan Raiders when they're all assassinated, right? By mm. We find out later it's the Pike Syndicate that do it. Mm. Um, but when he's... When he his expression for the loss of that, it's it's kind of just like meh. If he if he wanted to go on a rampage to try and find out who actually killed the Tuscan Raiders, it probably wouldn't mean much because I just don't think that relationship is as strong as it should be. So if they're going to go in this direction of him having a connection with the Tuscan Raiders, show us that relationship in maybe a longer format, maybe across a couple of episodes, maybe not drowning the first episode with this massive exposition that is not a lot of dialogue, it's all just show. And, mm. you know, we, we all know that the best form of storytelling is by showing rather than telling, but mm. in this case, they don't show us much. It's like there's not a lot happening on screen. Mm. <laughs> it's just kind of, okay, let's get out of the sand. Let's... Um, be enslaved in chains. Let's get out of the chains. Let's now fight this st- stupid-looking monster coming out of the, the sand. Yeah. And then once I've done that, you can see how worthy I or how, how much worth and value that I have as a as a person. And then that's about it. That's how the episode ends. So. I think uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to jump ahead here, but I think I feel like the, the connection between the, the Tuscan Raiders and Boba was drawn out over a few episodes. And like he's obviously grateful that they rescued him and take t- taken him in, um, and he wants to you know repay his debt. And you know he not just um, protects them, but he goes out. No, what did he do? He saves. He just uh, he defeats the monster and saves the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, yeah, because so yeah. like it's like a child, right? That's like yeah. he's, that's enslaving him. Um, and then you know you see him train alongside the Tuscan Raiders. And what I like about this is that. The Tuscan Raiders are always shown to be like these primitive, uh, you know, group of people that didn't know anything other than just to hunt and kill. But they show that there's obviously communication and there's culture uh, within within the race, and they're mm-hmm. starting to bring that to light. Because if you look at back at a New Hope and and uh, uh, was it Attack of the Clones when when Anakin goes and slays the whole family, like it was just like they're just savages. So yeah. Yeah, um, but you're right. I think it, it, for me, I felt like that the relationship was it felt a little bit forced. It wasn't really. It, I think it was drawn out, but I feel like it was forced. It's like okay, we're now trying to give this badass bounty hunter some sense of redemption or a way of making his life better, and he does 
talk about that later in the series when he wants to have like a family and not do this thing alone. So mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of meh. I think they could have done a lot more to make us care or make me care at least more about mm. that relationship. Mm. Um, so that episode is, is directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, very odd because doesn't really feel like it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, but maybe he doesn't know how to do Star Wars, so who knows? <laughs> oh, he's done Star Wars. He's done Mandalorian uh, before. I know, I, I know, like, I know. It's just, yeah. it, I don't know. It felt a little too disjointed to what I'm norm, uh, used to seeing mm. with Robert Rodriguez, but hey, whatever. It's it's not a terrible, it's it's, it's not like a zero or like a one out of ten episode, right? Um, it's mm, No, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't, give it more than a six yeah i mean i'd probably just give it like a five or a six or something like that yeah. you know if i was being generous i'd probably give it a six for sure mm. um so moving on to episode two or i should say chapter two i just want to yeah, yeah, add in uh so Django is uh a mandalorian he was adopted when his parents were killed uh, with death of his parents so yes so when did he do you know when he exactly he started to work for the empire Django or Bur- Burba Django because doesn't Django work for the empire and Attack of the clones uh well he would that not the empire he would have been for the um what are they called the separatists so oh the, the trade, separatists yeah, yeah it was the not, trade it was, people yeah the trade the trade the trade man you know there's <laughs> episode one two and three it's about politics and trading <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that was the, the shift back then. It's just like, oh, Star Wars, this is about politics? I'm not interested in this. But then you yeah. go, almost, Clone Wars, and that just changes your whole perception of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clone Wars changes it all. But yeah. but then, obviously, it's it's the lead up to the rise of the Empire. Um, yeah. The early ones, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so chapter yeah. two. Sorry. Chapter, chapter two. two. Chapter two. The Tribes of Tatooine. And this is directed by Steph. Steph Green. Um, so this, this episode is, it focuses on an interrogation with the assassin, visiting the mayor, so mm. um, the mayor of Mos Espa, um, and then it's also about Jabba's cousins. <laughs> Who would have thought we would have seen Jabba's cousins? <laughs> well, Jabba's I mean, cousins. The, hut, the huts have been, they, they're, They've shown a lot in Clone Wars, and I think it's it's good to be able to show that it's not just Jabba that's this, yeah. uh, you know, leader. Like, there's a whole crime family of huts. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's an introduction of uh, Jabba's cousins called the Twins. Um, this is also about living with the Sand People. So there's another jump back, another flashback. In these first three chapters, uh, there's a lot of flashbacks, a lot of jumpbacks and stuff mm. like that. Um, and I actually think this episode is a bit more exciting in the flashback itself when it's just the flashback. As far as the flash- flashback being a part of the episode, I think it's still very disjointed. Mm. I don't feel this whole connection between the present time and the, and the past. Um, but it's kind of cool to see him living with the Sand people, so trying to build on that relationship and trying to validate that relationship and then there's an execution that happens towards the end where the tuscans get murdered mm. <laughs> um and then he has to cremate them mm. um is that like a uh clone mandalorian thing cremation thing is that something that you know about no 
Uh, well, I mean, if you look at when, uh, when, when, uh, they cremate other people in the series. I'm just trying to think, like, don't they do that to Anakin as well? And then they also do it, yeah, because um, Luke burns Anakin. Yeah. And I don't think they did that with Obi-Wan. I'm trying to remember now. Wow. Why is my memory gone? <laughs> but I feel like the, it's like, it's like almost like every episode, uh, every person gets cremated, but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Okay. Maybe it's just a Tuscan thing that you also learned from the Tuscan Raiders as well. Mm. Um, so yeah. And then this episode, he's also training the Tuscan Raiders to be better fighters, hand-to-hand combat and stuff, um, which is, by the way, not very impressive. <laughs> mm. It's like, it's such mediocre choreography. Yeah. I thought Boba Fett's supposed to be like this really skillful hand-to-hand combat dude. No? He's meant to be, he... yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, it's not very believable. It's, it's hard. Yeah. That's what I thought. Oh, they could have got a stunt double for this, but um, yeah, it didn't look like, well, I don't know if they did, but it didn't look like he said very believable. Um, no, especially he... when you have a budget Just... of 100 he just looked like a dad in a garage, you know, like using the tools in his garage to fight people. <laughs> mm. I think so, I think the highlight of that episode though was uh, black the black chrysanthemum, like the introduction. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty so, cool. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was this episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, any any history behind that character, by the way? Uh, so he's. He's a uh, a bounty hunter that has worked for Vader and has worked along uh, alongside Boba before. Mm. So it's interesting that they didn't have more. Uh, well, I mean, he's a Wookiee; he can't really communicate in the same way. But um, you know, I would have thought they could have shown more of a connection between two of those characters rather than have him show up and just eye each other off. Mm. Um, who knows? Like, given the timeline, you might see him come back and be in Mandalorian season three, um, as a, as an ally. So, mm. um, but even then you have like the Nightwind assassins and, and so forth. So yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, I think what I liked about that particular episode, even though it's not just that episode, but they, they have Moss Esper and they have, like, you know, Max Rebo and the band still playing in the sanctuary, um, and showing that, there's a lot of diversity uh, within that sanctuary, and it's not just all one race. And showing that there's, uh, I would say, harmony. But you know, Tatooine's not supposed to, it's supposed to be a dodgy place. But you have a lot of different people coming through, and yeah, you see all the different races: the Rodians, the the Weakways, and the the Nictos. And yeah, I think whether it's diversity on screen for humans or diversity on screen for these fictional races, I think it's done really well. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it's definitely rich in its culture. Mm. Uh, they've tried to make the most of this Moss Esper place in um, Tatooine. Uh, so it, it is kind of cool in that respect. And I do love the color and the palette, like the color palette of um, Tatooine and mm. Moss Esper. I think the production design is actually really nice. The The costumes, the costume for, for the majority of the time are, is really good, but there mm. is like a character that's in here that's one of the soldiers or like the receptionist for the mayor. Mm. Um, is it the oh, mayor? The, 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 hip, the hipster guy, right? You the were hipster guy. About, yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy just looks like a 501st costume, like cosplay dude. Like it doesn't look very good. <laughs> like, uh, and, like the costume looks good. Cause cosplay obviously is the whole idea of cosplay is 
to be movie accurate or TV series accurate. Yes. But but the I don't know, every time you see costumes in a film or in a television series like this, mm. there's a different look to it, which makes it more legitimate for the setting that they're in. Mm. Whereas this dude literally just looked like he came from San Diego Comic-Con and just like jumped on the set. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what it was. It might've been the lighting. It might've been the camera angle, like the use of the camera. It, it has to be to do, it has to be something to do with those elements for sure, because everything else just looks fine, right? Everything else looks pretty legit. Mm. Um, yeah. Like that, when you mentioned it, yeah, it did stand out. I'm like, yeah, this guy, yeah, it just looks like he does. Dude, it might've been the mustache actually. <laughs> you know, it, it might be the mustache and the long hair because you know how many how many hipsters do you know look like that? It's like it's all of them, right? They all look like that with the long hair and the mustache. Just walk yeah. down Newtown and you see all of them. Uh, what's his name? Galen Howard. So <laughs> you yeah. looked up his name. Well, he's in the episode, guys. So I was just checking out which character it was. Oh, that's so funny. Um, anyway, yeah. So the episode is a bit more exciting than the previous one. I I, I do. I definitely love how they deal with the flashback in this one as opposed to the first one. Mm. Um, and his communication with the Tuscan Raiders is actually pretty interesting too. Do you, do you think he... No, he actually just made that up, right? Like the hand signals and the sort of type sign language type stuff. Uh, if you ask Dave Filoni, I'm probably sure he has a reason for why they did that. But I, I'm not at Dave Filoni's level, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that guy is uh, one sweaty Star Wars nerd for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that episode for me was okay. Like, it was better than the first, but it wasn't much of an improvement. It was just more of the same that, that I felt. So. You know, one thing that a friend of mine told me, uh, who's a big Star Wars fan, mm. um He's also a Kiwi, and he said that whole tribal dance that he's teaching the Tuscan Raiders at the end, he's like, dude, that's just totally, it's totally Māori culture right there. Mm. And I was like, oh, true, I guess it is. Well, for someone like Tim Weta Morrison, Mm. for maybe the listeners that don't know much about Māori culture in New Zealand, um, and especially someone like Tim Weta Morrison, he's very much a guy that's very proud of his heritage, proud of his Mm. culture. Um Actually, like all Maoris in New Zealand are very proud of their culture and heritage. Mm. So I think Tim Weta Morrison having this opportunity to go back into the suit of Boba Fett, but also being a part of a very successful franchise. And like, I'm not talking about the Star Wars franchise because obviously the Star Wars franchise goes without saying is, of course, it's successful. But there's the Mandalorian franchise, right? I don't know what mm. we would call this. We call them, we'll call it like the Mandalorian world. Right, mm. because all these other TV series are probably going to be coming off of the back of Mandalorian itself, mm. and they're going to build this world, right? So mm. coming coming into this opportunity as a successful project, it's so cool, and I and I'm pretty sure someone like Tim is probably just wanting to express his culture a lot more in these opportunities that are probably rarely given, you know, to to Māori people, especially, like, in a Star Wars show. <laughs> it's, it's very unheard of. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I remember reading this somewhere, or, or he said something like he really wanted to put the, the, the that dance, or, is it the haka? Yeah, the haka. Yeah, yeah, yeah into into the show. And, uh, and, like, that's what happened. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all at the end, and that's what he teaches the same people. So it's, it's really cool to see Māori culture represented on Hollywood. 
Mm. Um, never thought I'd see that day, to be honest. Mm. But <laughs> it's it's pretty cool, actually. Oh, who was it? Um, I want to say Jason Momoa. Oh no, 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 no! It wasn't Jason Momoa, but it was The Rock and someone else. You know, the Fast and Furious um, spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, or whatever, or Shaw right. and Hobbs. Yep. There's a whole car yard scene. I actually haven't seen the movie, but I've I've seen like an Instagram clip of it. There's a car yard scene where The Rock is with some other Samoans and other Maori people, and they're mm. doing the haka. Oh, and okay. yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It's so like off script, and it's 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 got nothing to do with the movie. I don't think. Mm. <laughs> um, and they just kind of throw it in there. Um, that's the definition of like forcing it down people's thighs. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why it's on there, but maybe there's a greater context that I don't know about as well. Um. Yeah. So also in this episode, um, he gets the. There's a ceremony that happens, you know, with his uh, the garments, mm. the garments, the robes, and the the get. I don't even know how to say it, the Gaddafi street, the Gaddafi street stick. I can't say it. Gaddafi. G a d e r double f double i. Oh, okay, the Gaddafi stick. The Gaddafi. Gadda Gaddafi Gaddafi or Gaffy stick. He was called the Gaffy stick. <laughs> it's a Gaddafi. <laughs> yeah. What is a Gaffy stick? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have that stick by the end? What, what do you mean? Yeah, that's what does he kills. He? he kills Cad Bane with it. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> or does he? Yeah. Cad Bane's dead, bro. He's gone. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. What a great character, but just didn't last very long. That's a big move for uh, Dave Filoni, do you think? Because he's such a loved character in Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Clone Wars. <laughs> Clone Wars. I feel is like he, is he a loved character? Because I, you know, I haven't actually yeah, finished um, the, he, the series. Well, he's, he can still be played out a fair bit. Because uh, I, I won't say too much because people may not have seen. But yeah, like his introduction in Star, uh, Clone Wars... Yeah, he's he's a well liked character, even though he's a villain. Um, mm. So, yeah, pretty much all the villains are well liked characters, though. Eh? <laughs> well, I mean, like they uh, for those that haven't seen the Bad Batch, there is a showdown between him and Fennec Shand at some point, and I won't say mm. when. But I was hoping that they would have some sort of rematch, or you know, I know it is Boba Fett's show, and it's his kind of resolution or redemption, but. I felt like there's still uh, unresolved uh, things between him and Fennec. So, mm. interesting to see um, what happened there. And I thought they would have dragged his character out more because they only introduced him right at the end. But anyway, we're jumping ahead. So, we're, let's go back to season uh, chapter two or three. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we, we can actually just jump straight to ja- chapter three. Yeah. Um, if you got nothing else to say, chapter two. Yeah. Um, what, what bugged me about this episode, and I think I'm, I'm not alone when I say this, but <laughs> when Chrysanthemum enters, uh, Fett's, uh, fortress, how does no one pick up on it? <laughs> you have this, yeah. this oh, we're, we're talking about that when we're watching the episode, eh? We're like, uh, what? Yeah. What is this about? They don't so even attempt to patch that up either in the in the later episodes. I mean, it's possible that, you know, you could have thought, oh, maybe Fennec's in on it kind of thing. 
um, because you don't know if she's a threat at that point. Mm. But, you know, uh, it leads you to believe certain things. And um, Wait, had at this point, you had the Power Rangers already introduced as well, right? Because yeah. they also hop in. And I feel like those Power Rangers in that show were just like a waste of time. I understand they needed to have introduced new characters from Muscle in the finale, mm. but their time on screen was not well developed and i feel like we didn't learn much about those characters nor did i want to care about them and it's not mm. because they rode those terrible colored um <laughs> motor scooters or riders or whatever you want to call them but uh. just the characters was okay diversity yes like the mods but it was just it, it, i know you, a lot of you can't see me but i'm just sitting here shaking my head it was just like there was nothing likable about those characters other than they had cool mods. They're humans. Were they humans? Humans with mods. Humans with modifications mods. or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, to me, it was very cringe. <laughs> I, I, maybe this is a way of introducing a new race into the... Uh, the mods the, race? Well, the mods race into the in the Star Wars universe. But I feel like... It's like what's at what what purpose? You know what I mean. Like you got you got Jedi's, you got bounty hunters, you've got all these other races. But like, why humans? Modified humans? Like why now? Yeah. Um, well, know, they can got, do so much better for sure. They can yeah. do so much better. Yeah. Leave that to uh, aliens and uh, what's his name? Is it Lance Reddick? Whatever his name is. Anyway. Um, are you talking about Vin Diesel's character? No, no, no. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> aliens, as in. Uh, is it Lance Reddick, the guy who plays the android? In maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just I've seen too many movies. Seen too when many you said Reddick, I was like, uh, uh, Reddick. I was thinking of um, Reddick oh, from Chronicles of Reddick. Not Lance Reddick. Um, what's the guy's name? Oh, Vanth. You mean? Not Vanth. No, I'm talking about Aliens, <laughs> as in a completely different, a completely different uh, franchise. Um, the guys, Lance Reddick, Scott. Lance, Bishop, Bishop, yeah, yeah, Bishop, Lance Henriksen, it's a long, wrong Lance. Um, anyway. Yeesh, what a sidetrack. <laughs> sidetrack, anyway, back on track. So, yeah, uh, what else happened in episode three? Uh, yeah, so episode three, directed by Robert Rodriguez, again, also one of the weakest ones of the, sh- of the season. In my but opinion. this is when the, the Rancor comes, right? So Yeah, the Rancor shows up in there. Um, uh, and we also get the... Um, uh, one of the G- Gam Gamorian Gamorian guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they also help out a lot in this episode. Um, they there's the recruits of the said Power Rangers from before. Mm. <laughs> um, so there's some kind of deal between them. Um, they don't play a big role in this episode, but they do come back quite a bit later on, especially mm. in episode seven. Mm. Um, um, and then we actually get some more flashbacks as well with this too. And we see a little bit more of his father, Django Fett, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Um, this is all in the city Tepioca. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a younger Boba Fett as well, mm-hmm. who gazes into the skies. Um, we also get the Wookiee assassin that you were saying before, Chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. who drags out uh drags him out of the back to tank mm-hmm. um um he does that to fit and then fit fights back um but the wookie gains the upper hand and throws him around mm-hmm. uh, so they have this like kind of 
power play between the two of them. Um, and then he manages that as ground, but then this is also that part that you were talking about before, right? Um, with him invading the hut, or what, what would you call that place? The fortress. Uh, the fortress. There's a name for it. I just can't remember what it is. But yeah, like it's no one knows how he gets in, and like yeah, the palace, I guess. But, it's really weird, man. And he's yeah. in that um, hyperbolic. What do you call that healing chamber? Back to back to tank the healing. Oh, that, chamber. oh, that is that is the back to tank <laughs> that I was talking about before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that actually uh, called the back to tank? Yeah, how do you remember? Tank. Do they mention that name in it? Yeah, it's the back to tank because uh, Luke heals in that when he comes back from uh, when he gets rescued in um, em- uh, Empire Strikes Back after what? Yeah. Oh, he is in that. Yeah, it's just it's upright. That's all. That's when they're on right. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's I totally like, forgot about that in um, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's it's almost every like healing chamber is like the back to tank in Star Wars, or like back to is like the healing property. He got injured for real as well. Do you, you know that story? Uh, Luke Mark Hamill. Yeah, oh. you know that cut. Or whatever, like how he's got his a face. Yeah, he's got like a black eye or something. Yeah, yeah. He actually got that for real. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a uh, dude. Yeah, but I think one thing we didn't mention is like the Pikes, like are are seen to be like the major players in this, which is really interesting because um, you don't really hear about the Pikes uh, because it wasn't really part of the story unless it was Clone Wars, and now they're they're being brought back, so it is that these guys are still around. And then you have, um, even if you look at uh, Solo, like Han's backstory, you have like, you know, all the crime, the crime syndicates working around like Crimson Dawn and whatnot. So mm. it's interesting that they brought all this back and you have the Pikes and uh, if you continue watching Clone Wars, you find out how spice to them is really important and you don't, you don't mess around with the Pikes pretty much. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. What we learn of the Pikes though is... I would have loved to learn a little bit more about the Pike Syndicate other than just these corrupt, like, political figures. Are they are they political? Are they? Mm, not really. No. They're, just, they're just gangsters that want they're to, like, get despised, yeah. Right, okay. I would have loved to learn a little bit more about them. I think you find out a little bit during Clone Wars, but, like, they don't go into nth amount of detail. Like, there's there's a number of different races that work together, and then, obviously, there's a few that work under Crimson Dawn, which is Maul's uh, crime syndicate. But, mm. you know, like... It, it's yeah it's it's i feel like they could have done a lot more like i said like y- you know they could have dragged out how they had those uh um what are they called that alliance between all the different other crime lords and then boba like trying to go oh like you know don't go against them mm. oh, sorry yeah don't go against me kind of thing so yeah yeah anyway an alliance yeah but yeah. it's um like this is the kind of problem that I have with most um, villains in these types of pop culture, sci-fi, superhero movies, and the villains are just these kind of faceless, nameless mm. people. I mean, mm. they're not nameless, they're price syndicate, but we don't know all of their names individually. <laughs> mm. um, and we don't understand their real purposes or there isn't really a sense of um, a meaning behind their intentions to steal certain mm. things and and show them that they're worthy villains of of whatever right mm. um it's always just kind of nameless figures and you're kind of like uh, 
like wouldn't care if you died from these people because for one would i don't feel that attached to you as a character um mm. and two the the guys that you're fighting they're just they don't mean anything so yeah i, I see what you mean because if you compare it to something to like marvel villains like they definitely got a reason for why they do things whereas i'm not saying that star wars doesn't have it because you know you've got cities who's quite uh deep with you know his control and his his uh his villain villainous or mischievous isn't the right word, but villainous mm. approaches to things. So, yeah, um, I mean, all those other yeah Star Wars villains—they're all great. They're all got really good depth of characters to them. Like you know, Vader's got a huge story behind mm. him. When you mm. learn a lot more of that in Episode One, Two, and Three, mm. and then getting into Episode Four, Five, and Six, when the Four, Five, and Six cannot live alone when you're trying to do a character study of vader you really have to watch episode one two and three to see rogue, his rise to rogue one rogue one or rogue one yeah 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 <laughs> that too that too but you know like learning about the character his rise to the empire that's mm. it's huge it's a huge piece of his story that makes him even better as a villain but so you know those villains do have good stories and even the uh, the Emperor himself, Palpatine, he's got a great story to him as well. Like, I, I love mm. the way Palpatine is portrayed in episode one, two, and three. Mm. It's really cool. I, and yeah. Anytime no, he's not on screen, I always, like, like can't wait for him to see him on screen again, you know? Mm. Surprised to be sure, but a welcome one. Yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I never, I'm gonna, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say Vader's, um, or Anakin's best moments aren't shown in the original movies. I'm going to say that it ha- you have to see all the surrounding material through Clone Wars, Rebels, Rogue One. I think mm. those are some of his finest moments because they've been given time. Obviously, it was created later, but they were able to flesh out certain parts of his character to say this is why he's badass. This sure. is why he's dangerous. Yeah, um, you get to anyhow. see his relationship with um, Ahsoka, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to come across that. Well, we were like talking about everything else Star Wars other than Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about the Rancor and then we'll move on to the next episode because I I think the whole Rancor thing is actually pretty cool. The the Rancor being his new pet and Mm. how I don't know how these creatures work, but it's it's nice. It's cute. Whatever. He's got a new pet now and he can Mm. use the Rancor whenever he wants Mm. Um, and he's managed to find a way to discipline it and god knows how but well um, uh so this is interesting because in return of the jedi uh you kind of only see the rancor as this destructive eat human or eat whatever is in its hand kind of thing but uh i think danny i always butcher his surname trio or treo uh you know uh, implies, danny treo treo implies that you know we learn that the rancors are actually quite sensitive uh uh, creatures and they connect with the first human that they get in contact with. <laughs> so, and you see, oh, this it's not, like imprinting or something. Yeah, and you yeah. see this, you see this in his connection with Boba. But um, I won't say too much. But there is a rancor that gets shown in uh, one of the Bad Batch episodes, and then people are starting to say, "Is this the same rancor that ends up in Jabba's pit?" But there's no, co- there's no con- confirmation to say that. Um, and, and that, that rancor is not violent at all. Um, mm. well it is, but then they, they, they rescue it and whatnot, but well, that's a totally different conversation, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Now he has a rancor at 
his disposal. And I think mm. he mentions that, you know, the witches on Dathomir, uh, which is uh, heavily probably explored in uh, games like Jedi Fallen Order and also the Clone Wars, um, that they used to ride the Rancors. And that's why Boba's like, oh, well, I want to ride one too. <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah. if I'm rem- remembering correctly, it was Fennec uh, Shan that managed to do some kind of deal with the mayor to get the... Um, to get the rancor, right? Oh, you know what? I actually no, wasn't yeah. it a gift? Oh, that's yeah, a it was really a gift. Question. Yeah, I think it was a gift from the mayor. Um, and I think it was it was instigated by Phoenix Shand. Hmm. Yeah. Was it not? Hang on. Was it not a gift from the huts? Oh, is it a gift from the huts? Clearly, not remembering this correctly. <laughs> Doing such a great job at reviewing and recapping this, though. Because it was such a great series. <laughs> we only remember the important episodes. Uh, it has been a couple of weeks. I think if we re- reviewed it each week, it would have been it more fresh. Been, yeah, but, like, yeah. Sure. Now, we're going back to, wait, what, what date did this come out? Episode 3 was... Uh... Probably still December. Oh, no, sorry, not December. It would have been like January 3rd week of no, January? No, 12th, 12th. Yeah. So 12th, it's yeah, already yeah. been, like, over a month. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow. Such is life, though, you know. We enjoy some episodes, we don't enjoy some others. (laughs) Yeah. And this kind of, uh, this episode kind of ends with the, um, those cool motorbikes that we see with the, um, (laughs) the Power Rangers. Did you say cool motorbikes? Because I feel like that, (laughs) no, 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 that chase at the end was too long. Just chasing the the Major Domo was just way too long for what it was. It was terrible. And I, I kind of question, like, what are they trying to show here? Like, I know they're trying to show something, but what is it? Like, it's just a car chase. Yeah, they're trying to do some cool, some cool car chase that is maybe, I don't know, trying to prove their value compared to the car, not the car chasing, the pod racings in episode mm. one. I don't know. Just, That's kind of like what I got because these, these shitty colorful cars are supposed to be, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but it's. Um, it just reminds me of those pods, but the pods are way cooler. Like, why why go with something like that? Why don't you just mm. give us pods? <laughs> yeah, no, it just yeah, it wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, episode four though, yes, is when you see everything come together. So you have all the um, the Trandoshans and uh, I forgot that other race. What they're called, um, the Aquilish, and then there's another race that's there that I can never remember the name of, but they. Um, uh, yeah, but this is when he starts threatening them, you know, like to, to form an alliance or he'll feed them to the Rancor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, this is when they start going, oh, we need more muscle, right? And this is where they mm. lead into going and they play the Mandalorian theme. It's like, ooh, I wonder who's going to show up. <laughs> so <laughs> on the nose. Uh, this is actually directed by Kevin Tancharon. Tancharoan, I think it is. Tancharoan. Tancharoan. Yes. Tancharoan. Um, the episode opens with Boba Fett immersed inside the Bacta tank again. I was actually getting a little bit sick of seeing him in the Bacta tank. <laughs> yeah. 
Because it's how many flashbacks do you want to do? For oh, the whole series? how yeah. many? Like, and they're just recycling the same shot. They wouldn't have shot that multiple times. They're just recycling mm, the same shot. Mm. And I'm like, come on, man, you guys are getting a bit too cheap. You have a hundred million dollars in this budget. You can do better. <laughs> this, this, I, I feel like this is a bit of a fan service. This episode because you also see him get back Slave One, mm. um, and there is a bit of gunfighting, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then you know nothing, nothing beats the sound of that. Um, not the Iron Cannon. The uh, Oh, uh, why have I forgotten the name of it? When he goes back to the Sarlacc pit, which I think is just a dumb move <laughs> to get, to get, uh, what was he going back to get? It's his Beskar? Um, yes, because he didn't, he doesn't have his Beskar, right? Because Cobb Vanth has it. And he went to go look into right. the Sarlacc yeah, yeah, pit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, I can't see anything. And, you know, he gets back Slave 1. I don't know why you would fly a ship so close. I know you wouldn't put yourself that close, but... It just seemed dumb to do that. <laughs> mm, yeah, and uh, yeah. uh, I've forgotten the name, but that sound of that implosion that he does. Um, what is it called? It's the... I'm not sure which one you're referring that to. Bomb. Uh, so in, in, I think it's Attack of the Clones. Like he uses it, he tries to use it on Obi-Wan and, and Obi-Wan avoids it. There's a bomb... That slave one has. It's not the ion cannon. The seismic, the seismic bomb. Oh, and that big bomb. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's just a satisfying sound every time you hear it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I know, uh, like you're really big into playing like CS and stuff like that. But like for a lot of time, I played a lot of Star Wars Battlefront, and every time you get to fly slave one, um, you use that as a, as a, you know, a good. Um, final move and you just pretty much blow up anything in the vicinity of that bomb and it's just the sound is just so on point and for those that haven't played star wars battlefront 2 i know it's a bit dead now in terms of the community but that is probably one of the best uh multiplayer star wars games that has been done to this day and Mm. yeah i reckon everyone should go and check it out even if it is just for the single player um story nice yes I won't be playing any more games. I just play CS. Yes, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's um, enough. To, I barely, I barely have time for CS. So, oh, uh, this is okay. So this, sorry, sorry. Also, to add, this is the episode where they show the flashback where he saves Fennec and it says, yeah, saves and Fennec, Fennec and and puts her and makes her a mod. Yeah, he takes he takes um her, her Thundercat. Her to, yeah, it's Thundercat. <laughs> it's Thundercat. Yeah. I was going to say Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> to Thundercat, who's a mod artist. Yes. So weird, man, all these mod, human mods. They honestly don't look very Star Wars brand. Like, it, they look very off-brand, all these characters. <laughs> I, I get, you know, they're taking risks by introducing all these new things. And, you know, like, when you look you back... You can at, by yeah. making them on-brand, not off-brand. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> You're right, um, but the question is, whose directive is it? Is it was it Dave's or was it someone else's? And it has to be Dave's. Like Dave's the creator of the show, but he's also probably giving a lot of liberty to um, the directors, and directors, the writer. You know, I mean, the writer of this episode's John Favreau, but I don't know, I don't know, because it's. I guess clearly he is doing that. I mean, he directed the sixth episode and. That episode is like freaking amazing. Mm. <laughs> it's like it's everything. That episode is all Star Wars. Mm. It's way too much. Not way too much, but it's so much Star Wars. It's insane. Wasn't 
Wasn't the sixth one done by Bryce? Or was that the fifth? No, it was, that the, was fifth. the fifth one. Sorry, That's the bad. Mandalorian episode. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, so in this, we've got the infiltration of Jabba's palace, fighting droids, yes. like what you're saying, reclaiming the slave one, settling scores with these people, these bad peoples. <laughs> um, and the, the Wookiee also deciding on joining forces with him. Right? Yes. Mm. Is this the episode where he tears the arms off? Or is uh, that one of the later ones? I remember that was that was a highlight where she's like, don't do it, and he still does it. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Because um, he, he, he's a little bit, like, unhinged, this Wookiee dude. Mm. <laughs> he kind of reminds me of, like, what... Um, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Chewbacca? Chewbacca. I was going to say Jabberwocky. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds you of what Chewbacca would be if he was, like, shooting up meth or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, you know, Kashyyyk is only really shown in episode three, right? When they go, when Yoda goes to assist all the Wookiees with all the, versus all the clones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, Kashyyyk is something that should be explored more. And that that is... I know you won't be playing more games, but for those that haven't played it, you know, Kashyyyk is explored more in Jedi Fallen Order. So if you want to see yeah, more man. of that. I heard Fallen Order is amazing. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a good Star Wars game, I'll say that. Uh, mm. I won't spoil anything. Unfortunately, when I was playing it, something got spoiled for me. And I was like, oh, well, okay, now I know how it ends. But <laughs> um, Oh, is it a big spoiler? I, I don't want to say anything. But, you know, it's been out for so long now. There's, I'm sure it's all over the internet. Um, but, yeah. Right. yeah. That and uh, the another Star Wars game, The Force Unleashed, which I actually didn't really think about at the time, but when I, I thought about it, I'm like, oh my god! So Sam Witwer, who actually mo- uh, voices Darth Maul, is Star Killer, who who you play throughout the game. Mm. And I didn't put the face and the voice together until I was like, oh my god, it is Sam Witwer, so you get to play Darth Maul, not as Darth Maul, but in a Star Wars game. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. I see. I anyway. see. All these characters uh, make me think about the other cool character yeah i'm hoping to see no no no. it's probably not the one that we're thinking that you're thinking about but i'm hoping to see that cool character that i haven't learned anything about um in this world that dave filoni and john favreau is building um that character is thrawn oh yes i would like to see him i just i've seen pictures of him i haven't met him yet because um i haven't gotten that far in the series right but he looks like an exciting character, just by the way he looks. <laughs> so Thrawn is an old character, actually. So he made his debut in the books um, as oh. to, I think it's heir to the throne. There's a whole trilogy uh, of books about Thrawn's um, rise to his position in the Empire. Now he's a Chiss, and uh, oh, so he was part of the Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see him for the first time, it's actually in Rebels, not in Clone Wars. Mm. So is he in Clone Wars? No, he's he's in Rebels. Oh, okay. He's the main antagonist in Rebels, but that will then get thoroughly, hopefully, fleshed out in Ahsoka. Because uh, I don't want to spoil how Rebels finished, but um, yeah, you kind of just implied it. <laughs> I didn't say what happens. It's actually True. it's yeah it's it's Rebels is a very interesting series, and and looking back on it, it's it's very. It was very hard for me to go from Clone Wars animation to Rebels animation because it was aimed at a younger age group. Yeah, um, yeah it is. But 
when you look at the characters and the stories that they tell, it is a great Star Wars series. And mm. uh, I don't think you can do any wrong with that. And, and the great thing is you get to see Freddie Prince Jr. as a Jedi. Mm. Who so, is... Um... Sarah Michelle Gellar's husband. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I know who the actor is, but what Jedi does he play? Uh, he's not mentioned at this point. So he's a Padawan. Um, oh, shit. Caleb Dune, but he's... Caleb Dune, yeah, yeah, that's the name I remember yeah. hearing. Yeah, Caleb Dune. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we should probably move on to the next episodes. Yes. Um, let's move on to episode five. Which is the best episodes. The best episode. <laughs> should we just talk both uh, about both of them together so we yeah, can sure. run through um, to the end? Episode five and six. So episode five is done by Bryce Dallas Howard. And is the Mandalorian episode. It's literally called Return of the Mandalorian. <laughs> um, and this is a very exciting, six, very, very exciting. I was shocked because you actually saw this episode before I did. And um, Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. When I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, what? <laughs> I just thought <laughs> it was going to be the beginning that yeah. we get the Mandalorian. And then, and then we'll eventually get off and see Boba Fett. But mm. no. There is no mention, no like talk of even potentially going to see Boba Fett. It's literally carrying on the story from season two of The Mandalorian. I, I, I find it strange that they made this a seven episode season or series and they devoted a whole episode to The Mandalorian. Like I understand we all want to know what's happening with him but then make the series eight episodes. Like you pretty much had the budget of all the other Star Wars movies in an eight episode uh, season. Yeah, close to, close to. Close I mean, to. they had a big budget in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, no, if you look at the budget, it was pretty much on point. It was pretty much the same. Oh, yeah? Which yeah. Star Wars? All of them. They all had like 110 million. Oh. And Boba Fett, you said, was 100 million. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what two yeah, but <laughs> uh, but if you look at it there was a lot of nice things in this episode uh, and I'm sure I'm going to miss all of them now that we're talking about it mm. but um, you had the the Naboo Starfighter you had the Darksaber, the challenge for the Darksaber yeah. um, you had the Armorer Return which is really nice um, just even hearing that this is the way you know that, that kind of got lost yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like how this is actually the whole Mandalorian culture. This is the way. Mm. And you see that even though it, it's really interesting that there's a part in that episode where he's on the, uh, I want to call it the bus, <laughs> and he has the Rodian kid in front of him. And, he, and you can tell that he's upset or he's thinking about Grogu, but you can't see it through his mask, but you can feel the expression. And to yeah. do that as an actor... And I'm sure that the the, the, the people who are uh, the, the camera people and directors like are getting that specific angle and moment to make that shine. And, you know, having mm. Peli, Peli Motto show up again. And, oh, this was the episode where you get the uh, the debut of BB-8, the droid, who's the, the main droid in Jedi Fallen Order. Because everyone's like, oh, my God, BB-8, or like a BB-8 droid. Ah, uh, Okay. So I know that for a lot of people who, who haven't played Jedi Fallen Order, it's like, oh, it's just another droid. But you're like, hey, that's 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 BB-8. Mm. Uh, so, 
you know, and BB-8 is pretty much like your little lapdog that follows you around everywhere in, in the game. But this is uh, not the BB-8, right? It's no, it's a BB-8 droid, I think. Yeah, or mm-hmm. I, whatever. I can't remember what she calls it, but yeah, it's probably uh, like BB-7, seven or nine, or <laughs> yeah, because like because all of them have their own significant number, right? Like R two is R two D two, and then yeah, all the like, other R 2s is like R two, R five, and yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, what else is in that episode? Yeah, so we've got the reunion that happens, which is um, Dinjarin and the the tribe. Or what am I reading here? Oh, Paz, yeah, Paz, Paz Visla. Oh yeah, the Visla. Yeah, so you know, if you, I don't know, we were up to in Clone Wars, but you know, the whole siege of Mandalore and. No, even like the Mandalore Civil War, like gets explored in in Clone Wars. Yeah, no, I'm not up that far. Okay, man, I'm looking forward to watching this episode though. It's so yeah. good. Like the first three episodes I saw was pretty damn good. Mm. Pretty That's pretty shocked I'm... actually. Pretty shocked because <laughs> I don't some... watch those types of cartoons. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, man, like it's it really goes deep. Like, and uh, I, I only say I say this like every season gets better. Like season seven is like you cannot beat that. I it's very hard to beat that. Oh well, I think most Star Wars people say that um, those that season and the last one, isn't it as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, is like the best Star Wars content you ever see. Yeah, I'm gonna well, die on my hill of Rogue One being the best Star Wars content anybody will ever see. Uh, it's hard because I love yeah. Luke Skywalker, but um, I I, th- I think I'm f- I'm speaking more about the film side of things, mm. um, the story told, um, the camera work, the actors, the you know performances from the main cast, the rebels themselves, mm. um, like that, incredible, really really incredible composition of film, mm. and it's hard to beat that. Like so, in terms of the filmmaking, I think is the best. That Star Wars can can be, but the pop culture of Star Wars—it's pretty hard to be Empire Strikes Back and <laughs> and A New Hope. Yeah, um, yeah, like it's pretty hard to beat those. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, um, I don't think I have much more to say in five. I know I'm kind of rushing over it, but uh, yeah, Chapter Six. Unless there's anything you wanted to add on five. No, I do like the duel that he has though with mm. um. What that dude, the other Mandalorian Bizla. dude. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Bizla. What'd yeah. you say, Bizla? Vizla. Vizla. V-I-S-V-I-S-C-L-A. Yeah. Like the the duel that he has with him is pretty damn cool. I like that. And getting more getting more exposition about the Mandalorian world and the culture that they have, all this kind of, all this etiquette, this code within the Mandalorians, I think is really cool. It's like the kind of tribe or the cult that I want to be a part of, if you want to call mm. it a cult. Like, it's definitely an attractive um, group that I would like to be a part of. And I think that's just a good job from Bryce Dallas Howard to explain and explore that world a bit more. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot more of that in Season 3. Well, at least I hope we get to see a lot more of the Mandalorian because it'd be really cool to to shape the Mandalorian story in a way that is about the corruption, the potential corruption that can exist within the Mandalorian world or the community, uh, whatever you want to call it, the race. Yeah, you want to watch you want to watch more Clone Wars then because there's a lot of Mandalorians covered. There's a whole like saga in there. Oh man, bring it to the yeah. real bring it to the real screen then. That'll be that'll be hectic. Yeah. It'll be hectic. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um, yeah, there's nothing else. I mean, I do. That's probably like my favorite part of the episode is actually the jewel and all the Mandalore stuff. 
that exists within this episode. Mm. Um, that's kind of my favorite part of this. I find it funny how we're rushing over the good episodes, but talking in depth about the bad episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. episode episode six was, you know, they're kind of was... back to back, though. You know, I mean, literally yeah. back to back, but they're also very back to back stories because when he leaves um, at the end of episode five, it's carrying on in episode six. Like, but you don't know that. You, you at the time we watched it, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll cover. Oh, they're, they're leaving a crumb for us to wait for season three now to see, like, oh, he's going to go visit Grogu. But mm. you know, you're right. They he does. It is followed back to back and. Man, the, the amount of stuff that happens in episode six is just wow. Yeah, where do you even start with episode six? So first of all, we should probably start at the fact that it's Dave Filoni wanting yeah. to save the best for himself. <laughs> yeah, well, he just knows how to do it. That's what I, I actually about. don't even think it's about saving the best for himself because these episodes have no real place in the Boba Fett series, so he could have just chucked them anywhere he, he wanted to. Well, I, I, no, I see what you're saying, but, like, at the same time, it's connecting all these characters together, but, you know, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, but no, there's, no, right. like, yeah. there's no continuity from episode four to five. And five, then, yeah. You know, five to six. But, yeah, Dave Filoni comes in, takes big swings, and says... Mm yo, I'm going to drop a whole bunch of Star Wars characters, <laughs> yeah. especially the ones that we know from Clone Wars. Here you go. Enjoy. Um, the, you know, yeah, like the, the thing that stands out to me the most, though, is how insane the mm. upgrade of technology with his face. Mm. The, um, what's it called? Deepfake. Deepfake. Who yeah. was, who they hired um, Shamuk. They hired Shamuk, yeah, the YouTube artist. How mm. crazy is that, eh? Yeah. They hire that dude, they bring him on board, and look at what he does to the character, dude. He just basically came in and be like, all right, suckers, all the amateurs move out of the way. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, the YouTuber from home, am going to show you guys, I'm going to take you to school on Deepfake. This, this is probably where the budget went, just for that one episode. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Man, he would have got paid bank, man. That dude is rolling. He should be. Yeah, um, can you imagine? Yeah. The, uh, the amount of fan service having Ahsoka and Luke on the same screen, having yeah. a conversation together. Yeah, I remember having... you saying this and also like other YouTubers talking about how this was like, I, I watched all the reactions <laughs> for episode six yeah. and this doesn't have the same kind of value that you guys see it for because I haven't actually seen Clone Wars yet. Right. So you guys are seeing this deep-seated value that myself and also other like non-Star Wars fans will be watching the series thinking, okay, cool, all right, it's just Ahsoka and Luke. But, mm. yeah, t- tell us about that whole thing. Well, you have you have Anakin's Padawan, Ahsoka, who's now much older and whether she considers herself a Jedi or not doesn't really matter. But then you've got the the chosen one, Luke, who is the son of Anakin, together. And it's not shown or spoken about how they met in the past, um, but they obviously now know each other, which means that they do have some relationship already existing. And for us Star Wars fans, that's a big deal because these two characters have never met on screen before um, and was always wondered about how and where Ahsoka survived, if she survived the Clone Wars, um, and what happened after that. Because, like, you know, she's never been mentioned in any of the movies. So now they're kind of 
I wouldn't call it retconning, but ret- putting it back into 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 the series to show that she's been alive this whole time. Maybe, and this is where I'm guessing her series is going to explore what she's been doing this whole time. Um, so you know, and these little words like you know, so much like your father. Uh, you know, she can see all these little things that she sees in in Luke that she saw in Anakin. Mm. Um, and it's very, it's very, I guess it's heartbreaking at the same time, but also not rewarding, but uh, relieving that she, her, her master fell from, you know, they often call uh, episode one to six, the, the tragedy of, of, of Anakin, because it's really about him falling from grace into the hands of the empire. Yeah. And now having the seed of, of this now evil person doing so much good for the world is, it's just crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, so that was, yeah, I, I guess I have to look forward to seeing that one day. <laughs> yeah. Look, man. Um, but I, I can understand, like I can hear from everybody's like, <clears throat> every, everybody's reaction and expression on Ahsoka and, and like being on the same screen, so that's pretty exciting. But mm. um, yeah, it's just great to see all these characters in this one episode, and it's great to see Luke again. And Luke is very mature; he's very like centered, you know, and he's very focused mm. on being a Jedi Master, which I think is is probably one of the best Luke Skywalker scenes I've seen. You know, it's. We don't get a lot of Luke, but we also do get a lot of him because he shows enough in in this the time that he's given on screen. Mm. You know that sense of maturity and that sort of stoicism that mm. he has, and this kind of wise um, vibe that he's got to him. So I really love all the Luke that we get. Um, and then we get a big favorite character, like that we mentioned before in the Clone Wars, mm. which is Cad Bane. Mm. I remember I called that because I'm like, there's only one appropriate villain that's going to show up, uh, and it had to be Cad Bane. But mm. they knew, you know, they had to give him a reason to to call out Boba Fett, and that's why he kills off Cobb Vant. Yeah. So uh, does this fit in with the Clone Wars and where his story is, where where Cad Bane is? Say that again. Does does this fit in well? Um, it does. It doesn't come from sort of a surprise or just a gesture of fan service. It really fits in with his story and where he is prior to the book of Boba Fett. Uh, so, I, from memory, he does work alongside Cad Bane, and he gets mentored mm. by Cad Bane because Cad Bane is quite old at this point, even though he's not really shown because he's in an animation. But this is his first time in real life uh, Star Wars. Mm. And he still doesn't look old, you know what I mean? Like, how do you portray someone? He still looks young and he's on, like, he's got that breathing support. Um, but, mm. yeah, I don't remember them being having bad terms. But, uh, like I said, in in The Bad Batch, which is set after Order 66, um, Cad Bane is still around. And this is he does have a showdown with Fennec over mm. something. But not with Boba. So Fennec and Boba hadn't met at that point. So Right. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Mm. Cuz it's yeah, I think the short lines that he gets given in this episode it's pretty it's very oh not very vague, but it's just vague in the sense that we don't know where he comes from at all. Right. So like, he's just like a mysterious character, which is kind of cool. 
Mm. Um, don't know anything about him. And he's clearly one of the best shooters in the galaxy. <laughs> now, I will say this. Like, there are characters in the Star Wars universe, in the live universe, like, oh, shit, what's her name? Uh, Phasma. That was oh, built up Phasma, to be yeah. great, and then they just get rid of them. And I feel like they did this with Cad Bane. But the difference this time is that Cad Bane has been fleshed out through Clone Wars, so now he yeah. does have a backstory that you can learn about. But Phasma didn't really get that, nor did right. Snoke. You know, yeah. Snoke just got built up and then thrown away. Phasma built up, thrown away. But I so, think also Snoke wasn't an original concept, though. <laughs> I think he was just yeah. thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But, yeah, the Phasma one's a good example. Uh, like, she just comes in and does – I mean, she does heaps, and she's a really cool character, but we don't mm. know anything about her. Mm. Um, but, yeah, with Cat Bane, it's unfortunate because – not everybody, like the vast majority of people watching this are not going to mm. go back to Clone Wars and be like, I want to learn more about this character. Um, yeah. You might yeah. get a percentage, like my, people like myself. I'm going to, I'm going back right now looking at all of them and watching the Clone Wars series. Mm. He seems like a cool character and I, I can kind of understand why people are so um, excited to see him in live action. And then mm. people, all, <laughs> all the Star Wars sweaties are just... Um, also doing a recolor of the character to make it more Clone Wars accurate, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that, yeah. But I, I, I feel like Cad Bane, if you were to call, uh, you know, the definitive bounty hunter, it would be him. I wouldn't say it's it's Boba. Um, yeah. Because yeah. he's really got this whole, like, John Wayne kind of a Clint Eastwood vibe where he's like, I'm just badass and I'll shoot you no matter what. Yeah, I'm like the best um, in the galaxy. Is there someone yeah. better than him? Mandalorian, no. Nah. Mandalorian, not better than him. No, nah, I don't think so. Mandalorian's a pretty fast shooter. I think he's a pretty he is, accurate but, shooter too. But Cad Bane is, I guess he's more sinister in that sense. I don't know. Like, you could look at it from a kid's perspective, like in Clone Wars. But, you know, Clone Wars, I, I, I always say, is not a kid's show. Yeah, so, doesn't feel yeah. like a kid's show. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and you have Grogu, and then you know oh, the Grogu, kind of Grogu of uh, and Yoda's lightsaber. <laughs> so, if they can retcon that, they should just retcon the hell out of Episode Eight and Nine. <laughs> well, they, yeah, but that's such a huge change change to the canon, though. Yeah, <laughs> if they do that, like you know, the lightsaber thing is a little bit of it's it's you have to be super nerdy to remember that stuff, but. Mm. Yeah, so it doesn't make a huge difference to difference to the canon itself. But if you change Luke Skywalker's story, that pretty much says that we're not going to consider Episode Eight to be canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty hard to do that. I think the right way to do this is you bring back Filoni, bring back mm. Favreau to show us how he becomes evil. They're yeah. going to be the right people to do that. And even if, even in their deepest of hearts, that they don't want to do it, they'll mm. still they'll still respect the material and do the best they can to tell a good rise to a villain story. The mm. same way that um, George Lucas done with Anakin, right? Mm. So, But anyway, with Anakin, it was like more intentional, whereas this one was kind of like um, unwarranted intention. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like you just leave the devices up to Rian Johnson. He's like, I'm going to turn Luke into a villain. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And that's unfortunate because... Like, I can see why Rian Johnson wanted to do that. Maybe it's because he wanted to follow in the family line of Anakin, 
becoming evil and then Luke becoming evil as well. But mm. it didn't have to be that way. Like, you could have done something a little bit different. Mm. Um, but I don't know. He decided to do it that way and whatever. And it was just really shit. And I hated mm. that episode. Oh, yeah. you know, actually, the only thing I like about the episode mm. is the lightsaber fight at the end. You know, with yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylo and Ren and, and, and Rey. Rey. Yeah. That's such a cool lightsaber fight. It's so Just cool. The throne room was was cool in itself, having all the royal guards and yeah, yeah, the royal great. guards yeah. are cool, man. They look yeah. so cool. But that was but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's episode six. Clearly, so much Star Wars in it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved mm. it. Loved, loved it. Doesn't make any. Does it make sense in the, Boba, the Book of Boba Fett? No, it doesn't, but whatever. Mm. I'll take it. Um, mm. I'd rather that than more shit episodes from the Boba Fett. <laughs> but it's it's really interesting to say that maybe that they're going to have, maybe they'll have more Luke. Maybe that was it. You know, it's really, I guess maybe Mark Hamill is more inclined to still do more Luke Skywalker work because of the deep fake technology now. Mm. Um, and kind of redeem his character that he was thrown in eight and nine. You know what I mean? Sure, so, yeah. Um, this would be a great way for him to go. I, I guess Harrison Ford would be, well, I mean, he's gone in his character. So I mean, he's, he's, he's over Star Wars. Um, yeah, don't bring him back. It's fine. Yeah. Just leave him dead. Whatever. We don't need him but anymore. But Chewie would be someone that would be interesting to have in the series because he's around. But then Who you'd would he partner question. with, though? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like, that's what I mean. Like, there's no Han and, like, he'd have to, he wouldn't be by himself. Um Mm. But the question is, if R2 is around, where is C-3PO? You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, wait, wait. You're saying if you, if they bring back Chewie for Season 3, Mandalorian? Yeah, or just that, yeah, have him as a cameo. Where would he be? What would he be doing? You know what I mean? But we also don't know if it's... We have to just assume that it's still before Episode 7, the Mandalorian yeah, yeah, Season yeah. 3. So the Rebellion is still around. Yeah, so Chewie so, in this sense is still with Han Solo. Han, yeah, yeah. And Leia and so forth. So Luke is on his own. Yeah. So you could probably assume that they're on, well, not Coruscant, but wherever they are. So. What happened to Leia again? <laughs> I can't remember what happened to her. She didn't. When? She died, right? But she well, died. She died in. Um, yeah. <laughs> in she, real life. Yeah, I know that. But um, she died in episode nine, right? Mm. Remember, she dies from like. Eight. eight. I think it was eight. Was it eight? Yeah. And she, what was the cause of her death again? It was like she lost the will or something to live or some shit like that. No, that's that was Padme, not. Uh, oh, the, yeah, but didn't something like that happen with Leia? Yeah, she like lost the will to live as well or some shit like that. I that can't remember. I just remember. Actually, sounds familiar, but I just... yeah, because <laughs> I just remember there's a scene where they're back in. Um, is it Coruscant the planet? Can't remember what planet they're on. Uh, where all the rebels are and Leia's like leading the rebels and and um <laughs> Yeah, and Poe Dameron and Ray, you know, they all come back to that planet where they're just seeking refuge. Mm. And Leia just and she just like dies or something. They talk about how she's she's passed on or something like that. I don't know, I can't remember. <laughs> this is just so shit. Yeah. And you know, she's like lying down and they have like a cloth over her or something. Uh, isn't that the thing? Cause it's the whole Mary Poppins things, right? Where she has, it looks like she has an umbrella and she's, flying. she has that, but she doesn't die after that. It's like when she comes back to the planet, whatever planet that they're, uh, um, Octo? 
I don't, no, yeah. no, 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 that's Luke's planet. Sorry, never mind. Uh, yeah, that's Luke's planet. Anyway, it's like anyway. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the finale because yeah, yeah. Um, the finale, um, yeah, terrible finale. Another was, terrible episode. It's it was no, <laughs> it was it was it was poor because I feel like that the previous episodes didn't build enough to 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 make it a. Uh, resolving like oh this is a great finale it was not enough at stake uh tamura uh sorry as boba as a crime lord he wasn't a crime lord he was just this guy who was walking around with wisdom saying oh, i want to build a family but he mm. wasn't actually being a badass you know what i mean yeah um otherwise it was just like okay i just want to take take my uh my, my this is my 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 city pretty much and i want to take control of it Probably the other two highlights. That was the one. <laughs> the, the one episode is when they destroy the, the droid, and he goes, "Do it!" and then rips it. Just exactly the same way Anakin beheads Dooku. That's um, right. Uh, which I yeah, that was nice, but it was probably not necessary. It's like, why did you need to throw something like that in? And then you had uh, what they call General Clevis when they infiltrate the palace, and you've got the the, the droid that started swinging the lightsabers like General Grievous. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of fan service, which is nice, but it was probably not necessary. I mean, the whole episode was really just that showdown that, that happens in Mos Espa. Got the combination of the Power Rangers. Mm. Um, you have everybody else that's trying to hold their city down, but then they all like cower out, and then it's just mm. down to uh, Mandalorian and um, uh, Boba and Fennec Shand. The only exciting thing, though, <laughs> that episode is when they do they use the rockets. Finally, like, why is it taking so long for them to use the rockets, man? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's probably yeah. expensive. I don't know. <laughs> it just um, it's just one of those things, man. If you're gonna have rockets, then find a reasonable solution, like a mm. reasonable reason, reasonable mm. reason, but reasonable justification to mm. show that you cannot use it in certain times. And then mm. there's other times that you can. Like, for example, saying, I can only use this once. That'll be a great reason to not be yeah, using yeah. it in previous times, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, And then you sh- you have this build-up and this climax and expectation of when he's going to use it. And it's probably going to be in the big final battle, which mm. they clearly do. And it's fun. It's it's really cool to see, uh, see that being used the same way that we saw in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like this fight scene, it went on for so long, man. I was mm. like, I was bored. I was really bored. I checked out. There's a couple of cool things here. Um, but the Mandalorian felt a little, mm, maybe useless compared to what he's normally good at in this, mm. his own series, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's usually this badass assassin fighter. But in mm. this, he's like, meh, okay. Maybe he has to go down to the level of Boba Fett. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not—he's not perfect. I, I will say that as a character, like he's still learning about stuff. But like you know, in in the Return of the Mandalorian, you show that he's not really skilled with the dark saber either, because he's sure. not—he's not a—he's not a wielder of a sword or a blade. So that's a skill yeah. that he has to learn in himself. Um, mm. And then you—you you obviously they throw in that reunion of Grogu and, and Jinjar, and then it's just like, well, this is probably not what we wanted, but you know, we got it. We got it, but it was yeah. so anticlimactic, man. I was yeah, so disappointed yeah. about that. It's like he just meets him. The first meet is when they're on the pod, whatever that yeah. shit thing is, Yeah, riding through the town. Mm. And I'm like, huh, it's not very meaningful, this meetup, mm. but okay. Sure. 
But yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if they're gonna develop Grogu into a, a speaking character or just keep him young. You know what the crazy so. thing though is like the whole the whole battle was just pointless at, to the point of um Grogu using the force to just put it to sleep. Sleep, yeah. To put the that big thing to sleep, but also to destroy the um Oh no, 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 he he, he doesn't he, destroy he, the toys. Oh, he helps he, with it. He he uses the he what is he? He pulls off the ball. He just uses the yeah. force pull, and uh, and then he puts the rancor to sleep. He puts yeah. the rancor because the rancor does the rest of the heavy lifting, and then puts yes. the rancor to sleep, and then he goes to sleep as well. I'm like, yeah, oh right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. It's just like know. me, like the way I feel about this is just the, how Grogu behaves in the episode. I fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So overall, overall, not Star Wars's best work, but I would expect I have the problem is like Star Wars has I wouldn't say it's a toxic community, but they're very hard to please. If there's something that's really good, you will, you will hear about it. If, you, if they're not happy about it, you'll really hear about it. But that's a good thing because mm. the reason why, arguably, the reason why some of these episodes get get really really good get really good ratings is because mm. the fan community is making good strong suggestions and their expectations mm. it's perfect to have someone like dave filoni because he's arguably like the godfather of star wars right now mm. um and he just knows so much so that guy is nerdy as shit and mm. he knows how to make film so good on them for having such a team but mm. i definitely think that they need to take a huge left turn in season two of Boba Fett, whatever it's going to be, but mm. I am looking forward to the upcoming um, series, such as uh, what's the, what, what's the first one coming out? Obi Wan. Obi Wan, man. Yeah. I'm. Can you imagine the expectations they have on that, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's like, everyone's like, you cannot miss with Obi Wan. Like, you know, <laughs> you mess with Obi Wan. Oh my god, you'll never hear the end of it. Back. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it's all going to be Dave Filoni, though. No one else. Bryce Dallas Howell, Howell, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. No, it's all Deborah Chow. What? It's all Deborah Chow. Really? Yeah. Wow. That will be the first time they get some just one director to do the whole thing. Mm. So that's why everyone's like, Deborah Chow can't miss with this. But I have faith. I have faith. Okay. I haven't seen enough of her work, so might need to uh, do some so- homework. Have, have a look at some of her Mandalorian episodes directed. Um, mm. I enjoyed those ones, and like I enjoyed Bryce's. I didn't necessarily enjoy um, Roberts, but you know Peyton Reed's and Rick Fami. I can never say his Rick Fami Famiyuma. Famiyuma. I'm going bad with these names. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, um, out of ten. The Book of Boba Fett, season one, out of ten for JC. Six point two. Oh, it's not even points 6.5. There. Yeah, it's not a six point five because that's implying. If I say six, it's like it's close to a seven, but I feel like it needs to be a low six. It's damaging, man. It's, it's damaging. damaging. It's not. It's not great. It, it has its moments, but story was very weak. Mm. Yeah, for me, weak characters, weak lead. Unfortunately, the Boba Fett. The Boba mm. Fett. Boba Fett, just a very weak character in my opinion. Mm. Nothing. I don't feel for him. I actually wouldn't mm. have cared if he died by it. I would have been like, "All right, cool, he's done." <laughs> and um, yeah. and Finnick Shan, uh, I'm like, meh, whatever. Well, <laughs> like she, she she's kind of okay. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't really given much in this um, TV series, but she's 
kind of okay. Would I want to see her more? Yeah, sure. Show me, mm. show me what else you can do with that character. But mm. I'm actually fine if they just leave the Boba Fett character. If, if this yeah. is all a Boba Fett, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's okay. Mm. And even though I didn't like this series, I love Return of the Jedi. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm not too bummed by it. So I'm going to give this... <laughs> uh, I hate to say it, but I have to give it a 5 out of 10. And yeah. the only reason why I say that is because... I'm bummed because episode five and six are just amazing, but I I can't count them. I can't I really yeah. can't count them. So yeah, you have to take that out because otherwise it makes it an anomaly. Like it'll make it like an eight when it's really only two of the seven episodes. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's just bring this to an end then. Let's wrap this All up. Right. Good to have you so. back, JC. Yes. When are we going to see you again? Uh, probably when we do uh, Obi Wan or Cassie or any of the other Star Wars films or whatever else we've got planned. Uh, maybe Batman. Oh, Batman see, I was about to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Batman's closer. Dude. It's two weeks, two weeks away. Yeah, Batman is two weeks away. Can you believe it? Yeah. Oh my god! Almost I'm like, the end of February already. I'm getting that comic book movie excitement again. Yes. It's the first time I can actually talk to you about something that's not Marvel, but like, yeah. But then I, we can also check out uh, Peacemaker as well. Oh yeah, I actually heard that the t- TV series is super, super amazing. Yeah, so we can add you see it? Not, not yet. I got on my to watch list. We could do it together, I suppose, if we have the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah can do. It's All right. To watch. All, All right. right. Where can everyone find you? Lastly. Uh, so we were talking before, so we got, uh, my Instagram is primarily what I use. So you got J A S E Y dot M E for all the dancing and random stuff that I post. And then if you okay. really want to see the martial arts stuff, uh, or combat sports stuff, it's J A S E Y dot K M G. The difference is the, uh, the ending there. So nice and you can find the legit cool podcast at legit cool podcast on instagram on facebook it is the legit cool podcast movie talk and uh you can find me personally at river underscore v-i-l-i on instagram thank you so much for tuning in everybody thank you jc for jumping in thank you and we will see you guys in the next episode of legit cool bye bye